Check one, two, three. We the best music. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that takes hit after hit of Tom in the face and puts it to yakety sex. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, you get hit in the face lately? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> with a what? First of all, Tom should be in concussion protocol. <laughs> uh, secondly, no, if, if the sound quality sounds a little different today, uh, hello, I'm reporting from the land of the COVID, from Rona 2.0. Pew, 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 pew. I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling okay. Um, I was supposed to go to Riot Fest this weekend. I feel so bad for my friend Sarah that uh, they and I, like, I had tickets months and months ago, like six months ago. They bought tickets like two and a half months ago or so, and they went to grad school and drove four hours up here, got to see like three hours of like half it was Foo Fighters and then something else. I don't even remember because I was stoned out of my gourd and also <laughs> sick apparently and came back crashed at my place we watched an episode of game changers uh the shakespeare episode and oh, so good then they just turned around the next morning and drove home because i tested positive on a covid test and they oh, didn't want to no. risk getting sick yep oh uh, see i didn't know that i just assumed that Sa- oh of course sarah's probably staying with you huh yeah I mean, they had friends they could have stayed with here, but they were just like, well, I start rehearsals on Monday, and I don't want to go with someone I don't know. I could go alone, but, like, I have a lot of work to do that I was just going to put off, but it was was a bummer. Shit, son. That sucks. Ugh. Start opening the show up on a bummer. On a better note, sports betting is cool. Uh Uh-oh. No, we've created a monster here. (laughs) So... All the caveats that go into it, uh, you know, if you, I don't know all the, the legal things. This isn't a paid sponsorship. I didn't, nobody paid me shit. Uh, this is just something I enjoy doing over the weekend. Uh, I bet on a bunch of, uh, NFL games for free because one of the services that I won't name because they're not a sponsor, uh, give out, gives out like a bunch of $25 bets the first time that you, for free, the first time that you use it. So I made like $850. <laughs> That's actually quite impressive for your first time out. So like, good for you. Uh, sports betting is, is sketchy at best. Don't, don't get too roped into sports betting out people out there. I already have four bets on the two Monday night games tonight. Oh no. <laughs> One of See, them is free. The other three are from leftover money. I, I haven't pulled from the account yet. Sure. I get, for, for me, I'm, I'm cool with it. I justify it by I don't put very much on there. Like at most, I'm putting ten dollar bets on a game Correct. that I'm watching, and yep. that's about as far as I'll go. Yeah, and mind you, I was sick and sad, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to do something to entertain myself." Sure, that's that's your <laughs> entertainment money. It just happened to make me money for free. <laughs> well, at least you won. Good for you. <laughs> speed of things that are good for you emails if you want to email us feel free to do so email us survivor at gmail.com or you can message us on reddit u slash survivor tbt 
So we yes, have and a- all of that is true, but I'm cutting you off, Stephen. Okay. Because you just let me talk, and you didn't tell anyone how your week has been. I don't give a shit about my week. Nobody cares about my week, Jared. I do, Stephen. Oh, that's cute. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was good. It was very busy. Getting some uh, heavy duty paperwork done. Like uh, I'm getting married here soon, so I had to go down to the courthouse and pick up some some papers. You know the good stuff. Uh, and had softball last week. We talked about that in the last episode, so I don't have to go into that. Uh, and that yeah. would also explain why my body was so sore from softball. <laughs> Actually. Uh, probably. I mean, you also haven't played softball in a long time, so it's it's hit or miss. Yeah, but like, I was... it. I was wondering, I was like, wow, I must really be getting old if it's taking me this long to heal. <laughs> oh, it turns out my body was just fighting an infection, so yeah, alright. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was pretty much my week, is paperwork, refereeing, uh, doing stuff on the weekend. I went to a Twins game, I guess, here in Chicago. That was fun. Since you were sick and Michaela was working, I went by myself to a Twins game. What as long as it was fun. It is fun. And for whatever reason, whenever I go to a baseball game by myself, I sit right next to an old couple that just really wants to be my friend and really wants to like know more about me. And I'm cool with that. But when you're like asking for my phone number and asking... Like we're getting into the that's too much personal information. I just met you an hour ago. How old are we talking? Uh this this couple was probably in their fifties, sixties. Okay, so either they wanted to adopt you, or it's like a pineapple situation. Ah, uh, could be either. Who knows? Or they're just genuinely nice people. There, those do exist out there. I guess. No. No. No, says no. Jared. No, okay. Says Jared. Well, okay. I'm going to get back to emails then. <laughs> All right. Says Steven. Uh, emails. We have one from Carl. Surprise, surprise. Of course, I'm going to give you an episode one email. I thought of way too much to add. Uh, I get the pictures and Jared doesn't since Jared's not here. It's, it's hats stripping off the, the shorts and getting naked before the challenge. So that's, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, please talk about the awesome intro, says, says Carl. Well, we, we did. We talked about that. It's, uh, sorry to let you down. We, we like it and we don't like it. That's, that's the, the short and long of that one. And that's points where it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I, I very much like the concept. They didn't do a lot of introductions because A, they never do, and B, you can imagine in 2004, pretty much everyone knew anybody, or everyone every way. Oh yep. my gosh. Yeah. They knew everyone. Having Rich and Colby on the same tribe was extra great, as it was well known that Rich had the hots for Colby. <laughs> oh. Because he would write columns that- after Australian episodes and lust over Colby. Notice how he always calls him honey. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. That's so fucking funny. I must say I love Rich's confessionals. His cockiness just really cracks me up. We're going to talk about Rich's episode, because I... Man, I love Rich. <laughs> the interaction between him and Sheanne, are you naked? Wouldn't that be shocking? Hilarious. 
Uh, the rich fire confessional may be explained by the rumor that he shoved a pack of matches up his ass. Yeah, we talked about that. Hilarious. <laughs> I very much disagree that Rich's win is unimpressive because he was playing with sheep. I think it's super important to remember the historical context of Borneo. It's not like yep. everyone was stupid and didn't have the idea to make alliances. It's that they thought it was unethical, and the audience completely agreed with them. People were literally inventing Survivor on the fly, and Hatch just happened to be the first person willing to cross the ethical line. I mean, who's willing to be like, hey, game. I, yeah. I, appre- I appreciate that from, from Hatch, so that's something. Yeah, I mean, remember, he was like the most hated man in America when he decided oh, yeah. that actually alliances are a thing that should exist. Yeah. And I don't think it's an easy thing to do when you know you'll be watched by millions of people who think you're a bad person. Especially if you're not guaranteed to win, which he nearly didn't, winning 4-3. Yeah. <laughs> people were losing their goddamn minds over the possibility of a Rupert-Rudy alliance. Might be the two most popular players ever at this time, so it makes sense. Yeah. I, I would have I loved it. I really wanted it. I also do wonder... If they are two people that would have made each other worse, like not a, not like morally or anything like that, but like they're they're both so lovable, but in order to stay lovable, they need to be attached to somebody who will do the the dirty deeds at a reasonable price. <laughs> Done dirty, Filth, or, sorry, filthy acts at a reasonable price. There you go. And an alliance of Rudy and Rupert could just do nothing for Maybe. the entire game. Maybe. <laughs> I really like the sassy Ethan. He's more entertaining with his backs against a wall. I thought he played Agreed. Rupert as well as he could, and it shows that he's at least not a bad... He's not bad at the game. Yeah. Ethan, I'm excited to watch more of, because he, I, we saw little glimpses of him this episode that made me go, oh. Oh, I think he gets it. <laughs> Jerry's interesting because you can tell she's trying really hard not to be the villain this time around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you can't drink the tap water in a lot of countries. I don't know how this would be any better. Even if you drank a lot of beaver poop. <laughs> beaver poop. Beaver poop. You go, Sue. They definitely knew something was up with there being only six to a tribe, but they had no idea what. Rob C. said that at one point he thought maybe every survivor was out there. I doubt he actually believed this, but you get the point. I mean, that wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility, right? Something I've I've thought about is, like, we only send one tribal council, but you could ostensibly make the game larger. Like, have, like, you could have, like, 24 people if instead the only tribe that's safe from tribal is the one who wins, not, like, you send two instead of sending one. Yeah, or concept. You have two different games going on at the same time, and you don't reveal that until you get to, like, a super merge. Well, that's that, that, that's how you could have every single Survivor player out there, is have that do that three or four times over. Yeah. And, yeah, the numbers work out. It'd be a mess, but it, it'd be something. <laughs> I wouldn't fault them for trying it. Yeah, but there are plenty of people I wouldn't want to see back. And also, sure. like, you couldn't... It's not like you could get everyone. Like, somebody over seven seasons is going to go, nah, I'm good, actually. <laughs> Smash Bros. did it. Everyone's here. 
Oh, yes, all we have to do is program all seven seasons worth of Survivor contestants up to that point. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I totally disagree that the tribe reveal was anticlimactic. I love this scene and the reactions they have to seeing each other. Some of them definitely told each other they were going to be on, but since Scoopin got kicked out for blabbing, I very much doubt they knew who everyone was. I also thought the first challenge was a cool homage to a... So really racking up the bad takes here, guys. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Carl very much disagrees with us on that first episode. Hey, that's our MO, racking up the bad takes. Uh, payment rates were actually scaled up for this season, of course. Tina, for example, got more than she would have as first boot on Amazon or whatever. I mean, I'm sure. Maybe he means Australian out back there. Yeah, or maybe they scaled rates over seasons, like, and Amazon was the highest that paid up to that point. But yeah, maybe. no, that makes sense. Yeah. I actually thought this was one of the funnier episodes so far. A couple choice moments in addition to the pictures I sent. What do I look like? Magellan, says Rudy. <laughs> Navy SEAL, is it a good idea to drink the water? Yeah. Is it a good idea because it's the other tribe? Yeah. <laughs> that is my MVP moment from that episode 100 <laughs> percent. it's so good i bet they think i'm just gonna be cocky and waltz all the way to the end imagine that says rich he might yeah and i'll say it i thought rob's mana flame joke was funny cancel me if you must although he did catch a lot of shit for it even back then oh wow i mean i thought of all of the borderline or over borderline homophobic content we've gotten about rich in both this season and season one that was on the more mundane and enjoyable side <laughs> it's quippy it's chuckled it's, yeah it's fun i guess uh from andrew andrew hey haven't written in a while but wanted to provide some input on the casting process australia was the most popular season of survivor to date and wanted to pick another female contestant from that season but seeing as how elizabeth said no amber was cast as an alternative Colleen was also considered as an alternate from Borneo for Jenna L. I mean, Colleen also, as we've established, wanted nothing to do with this game anymore. Correct. And that's fair. <laughs> uh, from Josh, on Jenna's quit, everyone involved has continued to say no one told her anything. You can decide for yourself if you think that's true. I think that's true. I think so, too. I think it's, it's very much intuition or uh, just... What, knowing what you know before the game, and she was only six days in, so... Yeah, as it. we talked about it, like, your gut sort of, like, adds stuff up, and you have time to, like, recollect. And also, like, who could have... Like, what could they have told her? Like, her mom passed away eight days later, but, like, I, as far as I know, it's not like doctors would have known. They would, might have known that, like, hey, she doesn't have long, but, like, not that long could be a month, could be two... They're not, they're not like, all right, the, the clock is ticking and we know exactly when and we're just not going to tell anyone. Like, I, yeah. that's kind of a weird conspiracy to me. Yeah. Yeah. You never really know. Uh, since this was the first quit not at Tribal Council, Mogo Mogo did end up still going to Tribal Council that night. You can watch the Tribal Council where they discussed Jenna's quit and sent us a link. I actually did watch this. It's very strange. Like, yeah, give us a recap, Stephen, because you did, I didn't see that. Yeah, so they they essentially go there, they get their torches lit, like it's their first tribal council, 
they <laughs> then just sit and take questions fielded from Jeff about Jenna quitting. And then once it's all done, they all take up Jenna's torch and they lay it down. I'm so glad that Jeff got this job, because if not, he'd be like some weird cosplayer <laughs> that's like yelling about like some fandom that he was hyper into that has some like canon discrepancies. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you so on this one thing of Tribal Council? It's sacred to him, Jared. Sacred. Sure. So is so is her mom dying of cancer. Like, one of those is more important, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so... I can see why they didn't air it. Exactly. They had better things to put on. The, the one thing that was from there that I thought was interesting is you can see the area where they put the torches of people who have been snuffed out. Like, they have a, spe- a specific holding place for torches that were snuffed out. Jeff's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that actually makes something in this episode make sense. Uh, because when um, Shapira goes to Tribal, he references it as their first tri- time going to Tribal. And I wrote down, it's the first time anyone not named Saboga is going to Tribal. But that's not true, apparently. Correct, yes. It's... It's not the first time that Mogamoga would have gone. Weird. That's going to be a weird continuity thing, too, when Mogamogo does go to tribal eventually. It's like, they're all going to have their torches. I wouldn't have caught it anyway, probably. Yeah, it's... Really, it's just the, do they have a torch or not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, An interesting element of All-Stars is that you have many contestants competing in the same challenge twice. You see this in episode 2 the immunity challenge where Boston Rob and Kathy know to flip the boat because they did the same challenge in Marquesas. Forgot that was a Marquesas challenge. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. Every single challenge that we've seen so far has been a challenge or at least close enough to a challenge. Inspired by. Yeah. yeah. At least they, they zhuzh it up a little better. Huh? Yeah. And from Tyler, in 2001, Tina was on the cover of the July-August issue of Racquetball Magazine. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Tyler. I love that. I love that just random fact out of nowhere. That's good stuff. In 2006, she published an inspirational book entitled Outlive, Outlaugh, Outlove. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) She is the ultimate white mom. Oh, a hundred percent. You know that lives in like weird cursive font, like on her living room wall. I mean, it's a play on live, laugh, love. It's yes, I yeah. know. And I okay. hate that phrase. Yeah. yeah. In 2004, Rudy appeared in the straight to video film, honorable man, write that Writing down. down. Yep. Mm-hmm. In 2015, he was inducted into the survivor hall of fame. His wife of 53 years died in 2008 after a long illness. Coincidentally, his date of death ended up being the exact same date 11 years later. Wow. That's sad. I remember hearing something about how Sandra was originally put on the Heroes Tribe, but they swapped her and someone else around because they wanted to avoid old season connections as much as possible. 
And I guess Sandra was someone they could make a justification for being considered a villain, even though she was more of a hero. Yeah, I mean, you can... That's the interesting thing about Sandra, and probably why Sandra's not a good choice for heroes versus villains, to be fair, <laughs> is that she's not really on the extreme of either of those. Like, if you want to cast her as a hero, you can go on the other side and go, well, she was going to sabotage the entire camp and also, like, destroyed, like, their food supply when a vote didn't go her way. Yeah. But if you want to put her on the on the villain side, which they do, it's like, okay, yeah, but, like, she was the hero of, like, the jo- like on the opposite of Johnny Fairplay um, once Rupert was gone, and gen- generally played a pretty upstanding game. Like, she wasn't, she didn't lie a whole lot. Yeah, generally. generally yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those that you just you put her where you put her and make the argument either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what no matter what you do with Sandra on that season, if you put her on the villain tribe, she is the most heroic villain. And you put her on the hero tribe, she's the most villainous hero. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh yeah, good stuff. Okay, I'm going to leave emails there. We have a few more, but we we have more episodes coming in the future. So I don't want to get all wrapped up in that. So let us move forward with the bumper. All right. So this episode came out on February 19th of 2004. Uh, A couple things happened in the week between episodes. The first one being 53rd NBA All-Star Game. I only want to point this out because uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who's now a DJ, was the MVP of a 136-point to 132-point game. All-Star Game. That's... Or stupid scoring. Stupid high. I don't know about basketball, but I know that's stupid high. All-Star Games in the NBA... Are optional defense. Ah, okay. You got you, it. You play. You sh- play as get as many points as you can, and just like fuck it. It's a home run derby. Exactly. All right. Alicia Keys' song "If I Ain't Got You" came out, which nice. is just a very good song. It's a good song. I don't know who this person is, but I want to. Nazi hunter Simon Weisenthal is awarded an honorary knighthood in recognition of a lifetime of service to humanity. Oh, shit. Love that. And then, I don't always bring, like, up birthdays and stuff like that, but uh, Millie Bobby Brown was born on the day this episode of Survivor came out. Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. No, Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown, if, if yes. you need a reference point there. Yes. The top five, or no, the top song on the charts um, is Slow Jams by Twista, featuring Kanye West and Jamie Foxx. Oh, geez. Yeah. The top five films are Catch That Kid, The Butterfly Effect, Barbershop 2 Back in Business, Miracle, and Fifty First Dates. Hell yeah, Fifty First Dates. So for anyone not familiar with the movie Fifty First Dates, this does come from a time when we thought that Adam Sandler was, like, maybe good at making movies. Oh, you take that back. 
Playboy vet Henry sets his heart on romancing Lucy, but she has short-term memory loss. She can't remember anything that happened the day before, so every morning, Henry has to woo her again. Her friends and her family are very protective, and Henry must convince them that he's in it for love. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes is for 51st State, Stephen? This is a good movie, Darren. Um, I feel like I'm being led astray, but I want to go critic score of... 72, audience score of 85. Okay, well, you're right about one thing. Audiences do like it more than critics. However, <laughs> no. critics is 45, audience is 65. Boo, I like this movie. <laughs> you're right, there, there was a dark ages of Adam Sandler, but we're back on the upswing, baby. He is now a serious actor, Adam Sandler. Well... As long as he, uh... Oh, yeah, and actually, the other star of that movie, Drew Barrymore, uh, Notorious Scab. Ooh, yep. She walked it back. Still a scab. Yeah. It's... You got... You done got caught. I don't know what you thought was gonna happen. It's... it's, I'll call it scabs all fucking day. This whole podcast has become the anti-scab podcast. It's so interesting, because she, like, first goes on, it's like, okay... I, I'm doing it for my staff. I'm gonna we're gonna do this and everyone's like, the fuck Drew Barrymore, why would you do that? And then she does like a crying interview about how it's just, I understand, I get it, it it hurts, but I have to do this. No you don't. And, and then people are like, No, what the fuck? That's not what we want. And her writers are like, what how could you do this to us? And then now she's backing down. Yeah, it's almost like you are a multimillionaire. You can pay your staff at least somewhat of their paycheck without producing anything. I and mean, stand in solidarity. She's not the one paying them. I'm she assuming. Can be. She's uh, probably a producer on it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's. I'm not going to cry over millionaires. Yeah, I'm. I get it. Yeah, uh, Drew Barrymore, famous for having. Actor parents and being a scab, being a scab, (laughs) and fifty first dates. (laughs) Correct. Okay. Anyway, anything else? Don't be a scab. (laughs) Don't be a scab. Let's get into the episode then. Episode four. Why about? (laughs) Sure. Oh, this episode, Jared. There's a lot. I had a great on. time with this episode. It's it's a fun episode because there. We start with the rain and holy shit, the rain. It's bad. It's it's really bad. We sit in Shapira for a little bit, and we're just like, "Oh, we need a boat." Says Tom. Mayday, mayday. They're cracking jokes. They're having fun with it. Um, we should- seems like the best person to have around camp yeah i mean unless you're a young woman but (laughs) he hasn't been weird this season he was just a little weird in africa at times towards uh young kim but that's what we see on tv whatever we don't know their relationship no but like having that positive morale booster seems like a something that's gonna get you through one of those dark hard nights 
Yeah, you need you need a goofy person there to like lighten the mood, especially in these torrential downpour times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Alicia, I I knew it was rainy season, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. Like that was the worst night of my life. And they they're using everything they got in that last reward. They're using the parachute, they're using the tarp, and even still it's it's tough. We don't really get a look into how Moga Moga's shelter holds up. No, not really. And they built the treehouse, and part of me wonders if theirs actually was super effective. <laughs> I, If I remember right, they, they show a little bit in the last episode, and it was leaking and like struggling in places, but it wasn't nearly as bad as where we're going next, the <laughs> Saboga tribe. So you remember last time when the the shelter inspector was like, hey, building down is a bad idea. Like, the rains can come down and go right in there. Guess what they did that. Yeah, guess what they did. The rains went right down in there and filled it like a pool. Yeah, so they just had to sit out in the rain all night. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, think... God, Saboga didn't lose this challenge. Part of me's like, at what point, and I don't know if this ever happens in a three-tribe season, but, like, if one tribe, you could just lose all six immunities in a row. It's a possibility. Or I guess it'd be five, and then you'd be down to one person? Like, mm-hmm. what does the game do when you're down to one person? That is a possibility. We'll, uh, we'll get there when we get there, I guess. You can't vote for yourself, so do you just... Is it just like, if you lose the immunity, you just go home? <laughs> you get to pick a tribe to join? Anyway, if they did, if Saboka loses loses this immunity challenge, I think you vote out Rupert. I think you'd have to. Be like, dude, you're the reason we're suffering for these three days. Like, <laughs> normally I'm like, yeah, you gotta weigh all the pros and cons. But like, Rupert, this decision, the fact that you are not always a good listener cost your team dearly to the point that jerry is like actively dying (laughs) yeah it's it's tough on everyone but jerry is really struggling here and the shelter's flooded it's a pool jerry said she's shivering in the rain for like five or six hours last night and it never would have happened if we hadn't dug that hole it's not worth it jerry's having a breakdown here correct and we we get back to it later when she's in better spirits, but man, this is a both a literal and a figurative hole that she is in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so tough. But she comes through this adversity in a way that I think will be very important for her tribe later. Like in the season, which I, I will talk about more uh when we get to the immunity. Yeah. Ethan I also the- will say it's a pretty bad time. It's been a pretty bad few days to be a Jenna. If you're a Jenna playing Survivor in these last three days, you've had a rough go of it. Tell me about Jenna Lewis. Why is she having a rough go of it? Well, I mean, they that whole the whole fucking Saboga tribe had a rough go of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Ethan was talking about other than when my dad died, that was the worst day of my life. That's, that's tough. Yeah, the thing I will say that about Ethan and props to him and something that wasn't, he didn't really face adversity in Africa, 
But this seems to have been true about him then and now. He's an athlete. He's a competitor. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's talking about other people who are like, oh, maybe they'll come rescue us. They'll have to come save us. And Ethan's like, no, they're fucking not. <laughs> like, we signed up to play this game. What are you? No, absolutely. It's Survivor. They, nobody's coming. Yeah. So he is always in the physical aspect of the game. He's, no matter how bad his circumstances are, he's always going to be trying. He does not have give up in him. And that's something that is important, I think. Yeah. He's right and he's wrong, though, because in the future, production definitely does have to step in in weather-related incidents. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between being uncomfortable from the rain and, oh, you will die in a hurricane or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, good call. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, like, if, if most of these seasons are in tropical locations, I can't imagine what other weather event would cause an evacuation. Yeah. Or maybe tsunami. Yeah, actually, uh, is there, I, I don't remember how hurricanes work. Is, can you have a hurricane on that side of the world? Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually saw this today, um, a a geographic of, like, where all hurricanes have hit, they've Mm -hmm. reported, like, since we've been recording them, um, they can never hit on the equator. Okay. Because of the way that, like, ocean currents work. Sure. Uh, but up to like 10 degrees north or south, you can have hurricanes and they're much more common north just because of the way the waters are warmer mm-hmm. and the way the currents go. Yeah. And I think with, what is it? El Nino and whatever the other one La is. Nina. La Nina. The boy and the girl. Yes, actually. Yeah. I, I, I know some Spanish, basic Spanish, not enough to do well in a, a, panamanian market <laughs> yeah anyway and rupert has his little moment of i fucked up I, I i know i fucked up now we gotta get it back together we gotta get it together now says rupert yeah, yeah rupert you fucked up bad and <laughs> to his credit he's like all right i'm gonna rebuild this entire shelter myself then yeah it and then we go to moga mogo <laughs> like Shein, great line here. Mother Nature can be a real forceful bitch. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, and then they're just getting goofy and making fire. They they're playing with the kindling and giving a wig to I think it was Kathy. It was yeah, it's a cute little so, moment. I finally discovered the the identities of these three tribes. And okay, I think I've on. kind of known at least some of it the whole time, but Saboga is. The fuck-ups. They cannot do anything right. Shapira is the oddballs. They're, uh... But, like, it works really well. Like, they mm-hmm. click really, really well. They're the... The misfits. And then Moga Moga is the powerhouses. Mm. They're the ones that came here to play. And not that anyone else didn't, but, like, they all are like coked up businessmen like they are all ready to fucking slit each other's throat at the most at the most minor of openings why not it's a good time to do it i mean that i my my bet that i think boston rob wins is still like or my, my guess still holding on to that okay but moga moga they're they're in a different league man 
the, and maybe it's just what they show us, but like Lex versus Hatch is so interesting to watch. With Hatch talking about the eels he brings back, mm-hmm. and Lex being like, "Cool, so I need to win another key, so I have a re- so I can get rid of him." Mm-hmm. We're we're and playing some some chess here. It's it games games long been on. Uh huh. Yeah, they started playing chess with each other right away. Like nobody on Mogamoga trusts each other. I think people on Shapira genuinely trust each other, and I think people on Saboga just want to go home. <laughs> Me too, Saboga, me too. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the eels, Hatch goes out and catches three eels and <laughs> holds them up for everyone. <laughs> I, I do love the line of, what's the one in the middle? Pretty good. As he's, he's naked holding these three eels. But he's, he's once again, he's catching food, and Lex is seeing this as, yeah, it's great, I love that he's doing this. But once we get that key, we don't necessarily need him. Honestly, like I, I the fish economy concept as I verbed it, came into existence with Rich in Borneo. He was impossible to get rid of because of how good of a fisherman he was. But that was even understated. Because you assume, in a season of All-Stars, that somebody else on his tribe would be able to handle this, or figure it out. And yet, nobody across any of the three tribes is bringing in the halls that Hatch is bringing in. Correct. Without food on your beach, like, that might as well be an immunity idol. Yeah. If Moga Moga loses this challenge, Hatch is not going home today. Not today. The The moment they get rice, that could change. <laughs> the moment the merge happens, that could change. But while you're still competing against other tribes and having, what, like, 10 pounds of eel or whatever... That's a huge boost of energy that gets mm-hmm. you through that challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we go on, we get tree mail, and this is so interesting of a tree mail because Rob C recognizes this right away and knows what this is, because it's it's the match game. We've played the match yeah. game, and it's from Amazon. So he's like, Oh, I played this game before. And then when he's reading it out to his his tribe, he's joking that it's about eating bugs. And then Sue jumps in on that. It's like, I'll eat anything. He's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Sue. Stop. Please stop. And Sue's like, No, right here. Bring it. You got no. the. You got it right now. Give me. Give me a bug. Bug right down the mouth. Get 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 it in me. Yeah. Anyway, it's the match game. We're we're playing this game, and we have to point out pre this game. Jeff throws in a little uh, voiceover work here. If someone sneaks a peek in your box, that's your problem. <laughs> and that's what happens a lot in this game. A lot. A lot. Yeah, they're they're playing for bathroom stuff, uh, a toilet, shower, crest on a toothbrush, says Jeff. There's some Sponsor more alert. product placement. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. <laughs> what What do you make of this game? It sucks. Yeah. There's way too many items. There's way too many people. Everyone's just guessing everything right. I don't know what went wrong with this, but even Jeff is like, what is going on? <laughs> he he does make a point of saying that this isn't supposed to work this way, but also this game worked well in Amazon because you had two tribes so desperate to talk to each other that yes. 
you you just wanted to interact and here's an interaction point but these people know each other these people have talked to each other before most of them have at least it's it's not the same the banter between them is still good mm-hmm. i did enjoy some of that and getting to like obviously none of them are straight out saying exactly what they think about the person that they're saying something to but you can read between the lines yeah. and you get some of those interactions i mean hell like <laughs> If our listeners hadn't written in that Ethan and Jenna had dated, I'd probably be commenting on, like, the the sexual tension between the two of them as Ethan makes fun of her for keeping her box open. It's like, yeah, just show the whole world, Jenna. Why not? Uh, or, like, who was it that's... I think it was Rich that says, like, Boston Rob has, like, plenty of rocks in his head or something like that. Yeah. Oh, like, no. <laughs> that was funny. Pretty boy, you got a rock? I think it yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was Ethan. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty boy, you got like, a rock? No, but I'm pretty sure you got lots of rocks in your head. It was... That part of it was charming. The actual just, like, reward itself, challenge itself, just kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I fair. I, I agree. Uh, so Shapiro wins again to, to cut the middleman of this challenge. Uh, they win all the supplies. Big Tom Head goes in the toilet as he's carrying it home. Hilarious. Love that. Uh, and, and they get they get a nice little bath scrubbing each other. We talked a little bit. We made fun of Skinny Ryan last season. Yes. For coming on the beach. And well, we've made fun of him all over the place. But for coming on the beach and being like, guys, we didn't like celebrate this for even a minute. And I don't know if we've talked enough about the power of morale and fun in a setting that is so bleak. And you have nothing to do. But, like, if you had to be on one of those tribes just to hang out with them, who would you want to hang out with? Probably this tribe. This tribe seems yeah. like fun. Shapiro seems like a fucking blast. I don't think I'd be bored for a minute. No. It, it's a good time, and everyone's, like, the vibes are good all around. That's why I think <laughs> Rob takes it a little uh, personally when he goes home in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once they're done taking their shower and scrubbing each other down, they go and they find the key. They, they're they looking for the key. And the directions on the key talk about the, the distance to where they need to dig in paces. And that's so funny to me. Because, like, uh-huh. pace is a, a nondescript measure of distance. My favorite part is that it tells them to go, like, it's this many paces, like, in that direction, but right in that direction is a giant wooded thicket that they can't walk through, so they have to estimate how many paces it would take if they were able to walk through it, also not knowing how large a pace is. It's so funny. It's perfect, and it it makes for some hilarity because... They're, they're digging. They're not quite sure. I, I'm pretty sure they get it wrong the first couple times. Rob C. goes in the complete opposite direction because he thinks, I don't know, maybe it's this way. Uh, all and I don't all, blame him for trying. I think that is no. framed a little differently if he doesn't go home this episode. But, you know, Battle of the Robs. I do wonder if Rob Sesternino was just trying a little too hard on this tribe. I talked an episode or two ago how I feel like he's, he has the winner's curse despite the fact that he didn't win. And 
I yes, I I agree with that side. I don't know that he was trying too hard. I think it was a weird mix of people knowing how well he plays the game and how smart he made himself look in the first time around. Sure. And <laughs> I mean, his tribe was like, I don't know, he doesn't really do much here. He's not really worth holding on to for his brain if he's just going to screw us over later. Sure. I mean, that's fair. I think, like, trying to dig somewhere, like, on the other side is a little too cute. Uh, I think his conversation with Boston Rob about, like, I get paranoid in this game, so, like, eh. Like, it just, it re- it just smells to me of someone that knows, that, that succeeded in not having a target on his back, in being somebody that was underestimated and has no clue what to do with being on a tribe where he has a big target on his back. Yeah, yeah. Or in a game where he has a big target on his back. That's fair. Ironically, I feel like this was the wrong tribe for Rob Sesternino. Like, <laughs> you put him on Moga Moga, and I think he sticks around. Hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting opinion you got there. Him and Rich could have been something together. <laughs> Uh, the, can you imagine the the mental battles going on on a daily basis in that tribe? You just <laughs> you stick Lex, Rich, and Rob Sestrinino on a tribe together, and just watch them try to three D chess each other for several days. That would be a mess and kind of <laughs> hilarious to watch. Nobody would get anything done. Yeah. Anyway, they they find the key. They they eventually get it. They get whiskey and they get rice. Good stuff. We got the good stuff. Correct. This is the tribe that should not have gotten the whiskey. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> probably correct there also. Yeah, so we then jump to Saboga. Saboga, they've built their new shelter. With, they got a night to sleep in it. Rupert is like, we feel 100% better than yesterday. They get food. They get oysters. They get fish. And then we, we cut to Jerry. And Jerry's like, I was probably at my lowest here, and I realize how people go mad. That's <laughs> that's how bad it was. Jerry was in literal hell. Yeah, like she is, now that she's on the other side of it, she's contemplating how bad it was and how bad she got. How long do you think she could have held out in those conditions? Well, it depends on what you consider the conditions. Like, every night with no shelter and rain, not very long, I don't think anyone could, but I also think part of the conditions is her mental. I think that the attention she got, the negative attention from season two, really fucked her up. Yeah. She's afraid to do anything in this game. She's afraid to, like, we haven't seen her talk to anyone. We haven't seen her try to, like, strategize. We saw a little bit of a confrontation with her and Rupert, but that's because Rupert was being a fucking idiot and that over the shelter. And this challenge where she actually steps up to be the person who is the ringleader and then continues doing it through the puzzle, there's a good path for Jerry in this game as long as she keeps being authentic to herself and not trying to be someone she isn't. Because I think that's part of why she's going mad. I see what you're saying. I think... I think less that she's, like, paralyzed in trying to be something. Like, trying to make herself look good for America. I think she's more trying to make 
not make the same mistakes she made in the last one and well, try no, to agree. be more open to friendships and not necessarily being the first one to criticize. She does when she yeah. has to, and I, I do appreciate that. Well, and think about the embarrassment of, like, she probably thought her and Colby were really close. Yeah. And probably thought that, like, like yeah, he voted me out, but, like, ah, there's, you know, who it was it's a game whatever i'm sure he really enjoyed my company and then to see the season yeah that probably that fucks you up and realize makes you realize that like oh my perception of everything i was experiencing was wrong yeah and and she was legitimately attracted to him so like well that too it's it's tough and then to go back home and see that i'm i'm sure it it weighs on you cool <laughs> we could beat this to to death but let's go to the immunity challenge oh this immunity challenge it's the blindfold get a puzzle together challenge uh so i love it i don't oh i love it i love also that this was supposed to be the immunity challenge last episode and they just didn't even try to pretend they just brought him back to the same spots they did it the next immunity challenge, they didn't wait two or three immunity challenges to hope that we would forget. They were just like, well, all right, well, we have this one, so we'll just do it now, I guess. Yeah. I I had contemplated a little bit on this, too. I think doing this as the next immunity challenge was the correct answer. If you brought this in as the next reward challenge, then people would be like, ah, yes, I know what's going on. But since it was, they had a challenge in between, they could go, oh, I guess we're just not doing that one. And then bring it back. Yeah, I think the biggest reason why was because I don't think you can do this with three people. And they can't risk... I mean, they didn't want, probably want to risk crashing the challenge if Saboga lost another one. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Uh, anyway, it, they have to go... They have a caller. They have to send people out to go get puzzle pieces. And then once they have all the puzzle pieces in their designated area, they build the puzzle. It's a 3D puzzle. So... Alicia, Jerry, and Hatch are the callers. All correct answers. Yep. I think those are all good picks. <laughs> and then it's just a, it's a war zone out here. Like people are running into each other. Tom takes so many hits on camera. I was legitimately worried for him. Yeah. No, I mean he has a traumatic brain injury from that <laughs> challenge. There's no doubt about that. He's yeah. He's falling over. He's taking hits. Ethan throws a piece on top of Colby. Hilarious. Hilarious. Lex is off in the wilderness because Hatch can't see. That's that's also funny. You're just like no. Ah. I, I don't blame Hatch for that. Lex overcommitted to the bit. Lex was the the camera tried to hide it. Lex was low key awful at this challenge. And mind you, I don't blame him. This challenge is hard. It's hard. And he was. Lex was smart and he was awful at the challenge because he was like, I'm going to stay small and keep my arms out so I don't hurt myself, which is good for your own self-preservation in the game. But it slows you down and makes it a lot harder to find what you're looking for. So it's bad for your team. Yeah, I I also would probably be I would probably be bad at this game. I also would be bad at this game. My brain in those situations will, like, continue to, like, uh, uh, is there something there? Is there something there? And I would have to be the caller. Mm, I could do it. I would either be too slow 
or reckless abandon run directly into something and be concussed for the rest of my oh, days. Oh, that's bad for you because you hurt yourself so easily. I'm aware. I'm, mm. I don't want to admit to that because it's it's just my ankles. It's always my ankles. I got I got these skinny ankles. Uh, hey Steven, who was the only person in our softball game to get hit in the face? I mean, I feel like a lot of people got hit in the face. Uh, I think it was just you. I... Mm, I didn't really get hit in the face. I bounced it off my finger. Onto your face. Yeah, but the face part wasn't the problem. My finger jammed. You're not helping your case. I wasn't hurt by the the hit to the face. The face was fine. I could still feel the finger. Okay, anyway, I'm done here. <laughs> the The key points to this is that Shapira finishes the gathering part first, followed by Saboga. And Moga Moga falls behind really early, and they kind of stay that way. And you're thinking, from what we've seen so far in these immunity challenges, they're done. But we have a puzzle in a way that we haven't had a puzzle in a while. And, and the sh- puzzle is a lot longer than the first leg of the challenge. Yes. But, well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think it felt like it was. We, we condense a little bit, because we don't want to see people like wandering off in the distance for minutes at a time. Sure, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Shapira sucks at this puzzle. They yes. cannot figure it out they cannot get it together each face has a different color or at least different shade of the same color and they can't for whatever reason figure out how to put those together and it's you watch them as they go from first and then saboga finishes their puzzle and then mogamoga catches up and mogamogo goes right by them and finishes so shapira finishing the gathering portion first doesn't even finish the puzzle tough baby and then they're yeah. going to tribal and the moment that happened i was like oh cool so rob's going home <laughs> why they didn't have him do the challenge on a challenge that he would be really good on yeah doing the he's puzzle not fitting. yeah he's not fitting in a camp he he looks lost out here <laughs> he, he certainly doesn't look like he has the control of the game like he did in the amazon yeah, and I, you know, he's not someone that wants, that his his game does not flourish in the spotlight. Yeah, and like, he he talks about it too when they're done. He's like, that was not the puzzle group. Hopefully they can see that they need me for these kinds of puzzles in the future and keep me around. Obviously that's not the case. Everyone sees him as a danger, a scheming danger. Amber's like, yeah, his mind is dangerous. Right. But Alicia's also nervous. Alicia's like... Hey, I haven't really heard anything, and that makes me nervous. And I agree, you should feel nervous at that point. Yeah. No, 100%. And we see, we actually see Amber playing the game. Uh huh. Weird how that happens. Weird how that happens. What do you think of Amber playing the game so far? Well, first of all, I think this is a good indication that previous experience at least thus far especially because the game has changed so radically in seven seasons does not indicate future success Mm -hmm. amber was the dud of this cast 
Like, if you, right, when we did, line up all of the people that are going to be on this season before it comes out, like, her and Jenna from Borneo are the two that you go, okay. <laughs> I, I guess they're here. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people's reaction in real time to Amber coming back was who? <laughs> who is that? Who? Who? What? And yet, first of all, she doesn't even look the same. And then part of that's because she's dyed her hair. But and she's older. I mean, she was and she's really older. young in her first it's season. Only, it's only a two-year difference. Two, maybe three years. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yes, 22 three. to 25. Yeah, okay, yeah. 22 to 25. That is that is significant, don't get me wrong. But that doesn't usually, that's not usually significant, like, in how someone... Um, and I'm also very bad at judging age and uh, I <laughs> recognizing faces, so who's to say? That, that is that's not the important part. Does. Very much not the important part. <laughs> uh... <laughs> The important part is she came in with some gusto, man. Yeah. She found a person to latch onto right away. She is clearly the brains of the Boston Rob Amber situation, as we see at Tribal. She's, I don't, we, I don't know if her and Boston Rob talked about, like, who they would work in the tribe or not. Regardless, it's very smart. It's a subtle distinction, but it's very smart. She didn't come to Big Tom and say, hey, Boston Rob and I want you to join us. She says, hey, you and I should vote this way, and I think I can get Boston Rob. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a huge difference. Because it's the difference between being, hey, you're the third person in this, help us, versus, hey, here's the deal between the two of us, and I have the numbers to make it work. Hey, you're the squeaky wheel. Come with us. And I, if the end of the season... It, it ends up with one of them turning on the other, and yet they get married and are still married to this day. I would not be surprised. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That I, I'm really loving their dynamic. Okay. Well, let's see where it and goes. I then. don't usually love a showmance. Wow, Jared buying in on the showmance. Well, a lot of the showmances that we've seen, and there hasn't been that many in Survivor so far, but no. the ones that we've seen in, like, Amazon and Borneo, I think those are the only two I can really recall, have been people that aren't playing the game super hard and are like, oh my god, this person's cute, I'm gonna hang out with them, versus these two people went, hey, hey, let's win this game, and also maybe fuck. Ooh. <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's, it's being used to propel the game. Yeah. Okay. I want to get to tribal because we're running out of time. But yes, this is a great tribal. It, it's it, a great tribal. Oh wait, I do want to say. Okay. I want to say one more thing about why I knew that Rob was going home because Boston Rob has already told us how he's going to play this game because he told us back in Marquesas. Because getting rid of Rob Sestrinino is not the best thing for the tribe. You guys just lost a puzzle challenge because you sat Rob on the sidelines. Rob's confessional is right. Uh-huh. He is more necessary to the tribe than he says Alicia. I don't think that's true. I think it's Sue. If you yes. want, if you're just trying to make like the dominant tribe, you get rid of Sue. Yeah. What does Sue provide for you? But Boston Rob doesn't care about that. He says in Marquesas, 
I don't care if we lose every single challenge from here on out, as long as I have people that are loyal to me, mm-hmm. that I can control. It's it's a very mafia instinct here. Yes, he is the he is the Godfather. Yeah. Do yeah. you do you keep? I don't know why it's between Alicia and Rob, but you know, do you keep Alicia, who doesn't seem to be very good at making social connections, <laughs> and so needs you, or do you keep Rob, who has who you saw snake his way to the top and and like should have won the game? Yeah, that we're gonna find out. I mean, we yeah. know. We know, Rob. We know, but yeah, yeah. So at Tribal, we we explore the relationship dynamic even further, and it's really interesting because we we're going on like Amber. What what do your strengths? What do you what do you do well that other people don't do well? And Amber's like, I hold my temper. I, I do that pretty well. <laughs> so hey, you mean that like, other people don't? That's a really fucking important thing to have on a tribe with Alicia, Sue, and Boston Rob. Yeah. Jeff really digs in on the the romance. Like, uh, Amber, are you blushing right now? Do you like do you like Boston Rob? No. 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 I'm out here to play the game of Survivor, not to play the dating game, Jeff. And then yeah, the, because Jeff wants us to be a dating show so fucking bad. Yeah. And then on the flip side, Boston Rob is being asked why, what could get him sent home. And then he's like, I, I don't know, Amber, what could get me sent home? <laughs> and just like, you're asking your wife. And she basically is saying without saying, she's like, hey, shut up now. Keep your mouth shut right now. Yeah. You're saying too much right now. Shut it. Yeah. And then we vote. And uh, Rob C., as soon as he sees that that vote, he knows it. He knows what's going on. Yeah, he's, once he gets to three. Yeah, he he's pretty visibly upset about it. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah. His, his confessional is interesting because he's like, I'll, I'll take it as a sign of respect. Which, and, I mean, it's a good way to take it. And it is. I I think so, at least. Yeah. I think it's, like like we talked about, he, we're, his mind is dangerous. He's proven that he is a dangerous person in this game. And I think the hardest thing to do in Survivor is win twice. Yes. Even though he hasn't won. Even though he hasn't won. Correct. That's a good point. But he, but like, he might as well have. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else you like from this episode? Uh, no, I just, I love that tribe. It's a good tribe. Yeah. So, your protagonist of the episode. Weirdly enough, it's not Rob Zestrino. Okay, who is it? The other Rob. Hey, Boston Rob. This is the Boston Rob episode. He's the one who decides the fate of the tribe. He's set his alliance. I mean, at this point, if they don't have to vote anybody else out, he could keep this five strong. And I don't think the other, the other two tribes have that in them. Hmm. He the godfather. Moga Moga will drown each other in the ocean. Before they decide to trust another one of their own. Good. And Saboga will probably accidentally drown themselves out of pure incompetence. <laughs> oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. There is... Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of moving and shaking post-merge. I'm very excited for that. Because I'm thinking of, like, the people that could... Because right now, Boston Rob feels like he's in the driver's seat. 
So I'm like, who could who could be the resistance to Boss and Rob? And I'm like, it could be Hatch, it could be Lex, it could be Jerry. Could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of things. Yeah. So this is the last we see of Rob, Sister Nino on this game. Wow. That's really surprising. It is surprising. And I think part of the reason because he he does take this and he does make like a pretty good survivor media empire about it like he he starts rob has a podcast and it's it's very very successful it's probably the most survive the most listened to survivor podcast out there oh one thousand percent i don't have the numbers to back this up but i'm pretty sure we're a close second but for sure uh yeah sure (laughs) uh yeah so he's he's done I, I don't want to drag us on for too much longer with details. So if you have stuff you want to know about Rob Sister, you know, send it in. Uh, yeah, and then at the very tail end of the episode, in the next time on, we get a... With one of the biggest yes. twists in Survivor history. What do you think this is? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> like, I have no idea. And then we're going to find out. I know. I wish I had... I, I, I have a feeling, since it's All-Stars, they're going to do something completely out of left field. So I can't even be like, oh, they've done this before, so I can totally see them doing this. Like, Jeff's going to pull some crazy shit out of his ass. It's, good to, it's a good time to do it. They're just, you know what? They're just going to be, they're just going to make a fourth tribe. They'll be like, <laughs> everyone, kick out one member of your own tribe and go, we're going to go make a fourth tribe. <laughs> Cut them down even further. But they're gonna send, or like one one tribe's just going to cease to exist. They'll they'll go to two. Who knows? Who knows? I knows. <laughs> well, yeah, you you and most everyone listening know. Correct. Okay, then let's... this really is a weird thing that we've done. Where I had like, what's that movie with uh, the person's being observed living their life all of the time? Truman Show. Truman this Show. This really yeah. is the Truman Show of television watching, where everyone else has all of the answers except for me. I love it. It makes me happy. <laughs> you know what else makes me happy? A bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, Jared, from for Skyping in from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I mean, I'd much rather be there, but yeah, you know, this is what this is what you do. This is this is what we have right now. Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote. Very responsible oh. gambling betting. <laughs> I don't, like, listen, different things in our different vices in our society have been uh, have been made the evil of things for a long time. I am somebody that loves statistics, and I'm somebody that loves stakes. So, throwing five or ten bucks down on something to root for, it gives me a good little bit of serotonin. And if yeah. that's the kind of thing that gives you a little bit of serotonin, it's fun. It's right fun. now, for those keeping score at home, I'm could be okay. have a couple other small bets, like a parlay with the Browns. Who knows? Who's to say? But like, say? I got to pick up my phone, and check that right now, and it gave me some serotonin, and that's the important thing. Yay! Okay, then I will promote savings accounts. Save your money. Sure. Retirement that we won't get to because we're millennials. Well, yes, no, and like I said, responsible. Use it as an entertain. Use your entertainment budget at that if you want to. Yeah, and since this is, like I said, not a commercial for gambling, 
we'll put the uh, the disclaimer here at the bottom, like they have to do in gambling ads. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, seek help. There are yeah. plenty of resources out there. Please, we're not please sponsored. Do that. We're just we. I just had a fun time doing a new legal thing. Yeah, we're not. But again, if someone wants to throw some money at us, we we'll, we'll shill out for that. Oh, I'll sell out in a minute. Selling out <laughs> is entirely underrated. Yay! For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Show me the money, baby. Bye bye. Bye bye.